Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts, and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Morena, New Zealand. Good morning to you all uh, on this Friday, uh, just prior to a, a, another terrific weekend of sport coming up uh, in prospect. I, I really do look forward to uh, the Warriors tomorrow night at McLean Park in Napier. Going along. Uh, can't wait for that opportunity. Our show, of course, is brought to you by Brent, uh, your local John Deere equipment supplier. I think 17 branches throughout the North Island. One near you. So uh, if you have agricultural needs or information, there's only one place to go, and that is Brandt. Uh, we're going to talk to Izzy Dagg. Uh, Izzy, of course, is out of action on The Breakfast Show, but he's uh, been good enough to uh, answer the phone for us. And uh, well, we're going to be talking about this appointment of Wayne Smith, the professor, to uh, New Zealand rugby as a high-performance coach. Absolutely brilliant. So uh, we look forward to that. Uh, we'll have uh, a multi for you about um, quarter, to, or quarter to ten or just a little bit after that. Uh, we'll also uh, want you to um, to phone up and give us a, uh, your reflection or your opinion on uh, this appointment of Wayne Smith. Uh, how do you think it's going to go with Scott Robertson? He's already made contact with Alan Bunting. We know how good he was with the Black Ferns. We'll just have to wait and see um, if that relationship works. So uh, what will Izzy th- uh, tell us about that? Uh, after 10 o'clock, time to catch up with uh, New Zealand's fastest bowler, Lockie Ferguson. He's had uh, some injury issues. He's had a little bit of uh, IPL and a little bit of life in India. And I would imagine he's looking forward to going back for the World Cup. So where's Lockie Ferguson at at the moment? A very big night tonight at uh, headquarters, uh, Alexandra Park. And uh, Michael Guerin will come to us just after 11 o'clock. We'll have a a more in-depth look than normal uh, because it's a a big group one night. A couple of cups up for grabs. Fantastic. Uh, Polaris uh, will join us for the sports desk with uh, Louis. Uh, around about 11.25 uh, and then we'll work our way towards uh, midday uh, where we hand it over to Staffy. Let's start with a sermon. Sport is our religion and here is Smithy's Sermon. Well I must admit I'm a bit of a sucker for a touch of history and romance and sport and there will be a bit of that floating around McLean Park tomorrow because there uh, is a game of rugby league on with a heap of grunt and a heap of expectation. Especially when the Warriors take the short walk from the dressing room to the playing surface as leading them out will be a local boy come good. Born and bred in Hawke's Bay, one Tohu Harris is bringing his boys to the provinces. And it will be some show, win, lose or golden point. When you're an 11 year old lad playing rugby in this bay, you aspire to play in the Ross Shield. That's the oldest rugby tournament in New Zealand. Tohu did just that, had to trim his uh, already developing frame down a touch to make the required weight. Julie made the squad for Hastings East and proudly marched down the streets of Waipakarau prior to the tournament with his mates adorned in the yellow and black, complete with a tasseled cap. Honestly for a kid, that's a young dream coming true and somewhere between Hastings Boys High School and the Tamatia Rugby Club and the black and white stripes of Hawke's Bay, Tohu's dreams changed direction. 
He went to rugby league, and the rest, as they say, is history still in the making, and a worthy one at that. This place needs a fine spell and a big breath of fresh air, and the Warriors have brought that to town, and we're still a day and a half away from kickoff. They won't be raking in 20,000 plus fans, less than half of that in fact, and to be honest this game was on the calendar long before Gabrielle had her wicked way, but it is timely and it is certainly appreciated. Weather forecast, fine. Match forecast, a win for the Warriors, led by that local lad who will have a stormer in front of his very proud Fano. The Broncos haven't ventured far from home this comp, courtesy of a kindly draw. And it's indeed a long trip from Suncourt to McLean. In the land of grapes and fruit, it's going to be a fruitless excursion I'm picking. Right, just when you think the old professor might have done his dash servicing New Zealand rugby's needs, another chapter in the legacy of Wayne Smith is to come. This morning, New Zealand rugby has announced that Wayne Smith will take a role on mentoring and supporting the respective head coaches and enhancing the quality of coaching delivery across the two teams. Those two teams being the All Blacks and the Black Ferns. And whilst he has already started working with Black Ferns Director of Rugby, Alan Bunting, he won't commence his role with the All Blacks until after the World Cup in France when Scott Robertson replaces Ian Foster. Izzy Dagg is the host of our breakfast show here, of course. His 66 Test All Black played under both Wayne Smith and Razor Robertson. Izzy, first of all, uh, how's the health? Because um, you've had an op. Uh, how are you bearing up? Yeah, cheers, buddy. Thanks for having me on, mate. Um, everything's you're going good. Just trying to get this bloody swelling down and yeah, getting used to these bloody crutches. But um, no, it's it's all good. I'm I'm going to be home today and rest up and, and recover and, and get ready to get back on Monday, mate. But I was just listening to your sermon about Tohu. I grew up with Tohu. I played with Tamatea, and it was good to see them going back to to Waipatu Marae last night and connecting back with Tohu's Fano and. And as Iwi, and I know you've got a big connection with uh, with Tohu as well. So that was an awesome sermon, mate. What a big weekend for sport in Hawke's Bay, eh? It's going to be a beauty. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute fantastic. I've never been to a live NRL game, and I'm going tomorrow night. Awesome. And um, I'm, I, I cannot wait for it, Izzy. I know, you know, we'd love to have 20,000. McLean Park doesn't have that capacity, but it'll be packed to the gunnels, and it'll be something uh, very special, mate. So thanks for that. Hey, um what do you make of this uh, this appointment, uh, Wayne Smith? To me, the first the good news about it is no one else can have him. We've got him again, so no one else can say say, "Hey, Wayne Smith." Um, to be perfectly honest, mate, we don't want you going anywhere else. So, what what have you made of this news? Oh, no surprises, uh, Smithy. Like um, he just can't give it up. He just can't step away from the game. He can't keep his fingers and in, entrenched into the game that he loves. Like I mean, when I uh, finished up and. 2017, I think it was, and he was retiring then. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll put up a photo on my, ins- my Instagram and send thank you for your service to New Zealand Rugby. He's come back out of retirement five times since then. So I'm not surprised, and I can understand why he's, he's uh, you know, offered his um, experience to New Zealand coaching. Look, he's, he's just he's a, the professor for a reason. You don't get that kind of title for nothing because he's very innovative with his with his way of, of coaching. He, he looked at different ways the game should be played and I think that's where New Zealand rugby has been lacking and you look at the innovation that the Black fans were able to do in 
about nine months' time. They, they went from being easy beats to world beaters and world champions. So I think it's a huge coup for, for New Zealand rugby. And I know Wayne Smith and, and Scotty Robinson, with that Crusaders history, the background, I think that would have been quite an easy conversation for him to come back. So like you said, mate, we're, we're going to keep him here. We don't want to offer any experience overseas and I know England would have been dying to get him over there but um, he's very loyal and that's the one thing I love about Smithy he shows his loyalty and he wants to improve and I'm not surprised Smithy Do you think uh, that New Zealand rugby as a, a sense of protocol would have gone to Alan Bunting, would have gone to uh, Ray, Razor Robertson and said listen this is what we're thinking of doing do you approve or do you think we're, they would have just said this is what we're doing full stop? I, I think I think it would have been the other way around, Smithy. I think um, Scotty Razor and, and Alan Bunting would have been doing their very best to to get him back. Um, I think they would have planted the conversations with New Zealand Rugby and, and just said, look, we need this guy. I know he said he's going to finish up. He wants to spend time with Trish and Traveran and his camper boat, go boating. But the reality is they know what he can offer to this team and, and to New Zealand Rugby. Like He just comes with success, Smithy, like... He, everything he does, he brings the best out of players. He's got a really good mouse of, of identifying talent around the globe, around the world, around around New Zealand in our own backyard. So oh, I think it was the other way, and they would have done everything possible to to try and um, find a position for him. And it's just going to be interesting how this position is played out. And I can understand Smithy will, will, wouldn't be too hands-on. He'll allow these coaches to to forge their own careers, but I think you'll have a good, you know, just a voice in their ear and offering them solutions, different ideas, and, and maybe a bit of innovation for how the game should be played. So I think it was the other way, Smithy. Okay, so we've had some very respected men in New Zealand rugby over the years. I go way, way back to, to Fred Allen, to JJ Stewart, right the way through um, the likes of uh, Sir Brian Lahore, um, those kind yep. of people who have been coach head coaches. What is it about Wayne Smith? Uh, in terms of his relationship with the players, etc., that makes him so acceptable and so successful? Oh, I, I was very lucky. Uh, 2011, I got um, I got injured, mate, and I was in the World Cup uh, kind of frame, but I tore my quad, and oh, like I was living by myself down here in Christchurch. I didn't really know where I was going and, and what I wanted to do. I was only 20 years of age, so I was very young. But he, um, he, he, he made it his... A project or his desire to, to get me under his wing. So he'd invite me around and cook me dinner every week. Um, he'd offer me um, some, some work-ons that I could be doing while I'm injured. He uh, he just had that genuine care. I know it's brought up quite a lot. When a coach really cares about you, and I think that's why I can talk about Razor, like, it's, it goes above and beyond what, what just goes on on the field. And I think that's what's, uh, what's Millie's biggest attribute. And he's demanding, mate. Oh, my He's probably the most demanding coach I've ever, ever, ever uh, played for. Like training, and I, I always wondered why he'd do this, but trainings were hard, hard, mate. They were so ruthless. Everyone was trying to fight each other. You know, you just build in all that competition within training. But then when you got to the test match, when we were having to relive those scenarios that Smithy put us under in so much pressure in training, it was actually easy. So I think um, for Smithy, he's just and he's very innovative with his with his thought processes and and the way the game should be played. Um, at, when we're playing rugby, mate, you've seen it for the last six or seven years. The game is, hasn't evolved at all. It's been the same game plan. It's been the, the same kind of structures that the game should be played. 
But I think with his thought about the game, he's constantly looking at new ideas, how we should change this picture, should we attack like this, his innovation on, on counter-attack, he's, he's world-class. So he's just got a wonderful uh, rugby mind and, and brain. And, and uh, look, it'll be interesting to see how much input he has on those teams. I think it's a bit more of a mental role for those coaches. But uh, no doubt, Smithy, um, you know, Razor and Alan Bunting will be tapping into that uh, their resume and, and trying to get everything out of him because he has got some gold uh, stuck in that little book of his. Interesting too. Um, you know, when he speaks, people listen. I mean, just the other day, for instance, he oh, yeah. said, look, uh, uh, for the first time in my life, I turned off. I turned rugby, I changed to a documentary uh, in the middle of the game because I'm sick of the rolling mall and I'm sick of the whistle and I'm sick of the arm, referee's arm going out. Um, and all of a sudden, that's a headline. <laughs> when Smithy speaks, you shut up. i tell you that right now. I've been uh, grabbed that many times from that uh, from Smithy. But, mate, that's just, that's just the way he thinks. And he gets people thinking about, OK, maybe he's on to something here. Do we need to change something? And it creates debate. He's not saying it for, for just nothing. He's actually uh, really concerned about the game and, and the way it should be played. So, look, that, that's just the respect that he's, that he's earned and he, and he warrants after what he's done for so, such a long time. But look, I just can't believe he's, he's coming back and doing it. When I read that headline this morning, I was thinking, Smithy, poor Trish. She's, she just wants to relax and have her husband, but you're constantly just going back. But, mate, it wouldn't be New Zealand rugby without um, Wayne Smith involved, so... Look, he, he demands respect, and you never you want to, really want to get on the wrong side of him, mate. A bit like yourself, see, Millie. Got... You're a bit of a scrub. Yeah, 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 good on you. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. Izzy, uh, you're laid up, of course, and uh, uh, post-operation, so you won't be able to uh, attend this fantastic function today in Christchurch, where uh, the Crusaders launched their, their, um, their Hall of Fame with their first three uh, inductees. Wonderful concept. And I'm just yeah. uh, wondering who Israel Dag thinks um, it can't be you because you can't get there. So who are the first three you reckon? <laughs> um, I kind of I know the first three, Smithy. I can't. I, I'll oh. probably give it away if I announce it. <laughs> um, okay. Look, I I think like this, this is a great debate because you know what warrants immortality or, or you know the Hall of Fame. I think there's a lot of debate that's going to go into it. The select panels has have done a great job, but I think it's you've got to look to when this crusade started and and the people that were involved to get this team to where they are now. The foundations, the footprint. Like I think that's going to be the starting point for tonight. You think of the, the quality players. Like you imagine trying to pick that Smithy. I think you'd have a hard mm. time trying to select that uh, that Hall of Fame. So I think tonight's going to be a huge successful night. I've seen all the auction packages, and they're going to raise some good money for I Am Hope. But I think you'll be um, pretty impressed with the, the names that will be rattled off and uh, a great night to celebrate Crusader's success. But I, I know it, mate. Who do you think it is? Uh, look, we had a crack yesterday. We asked people to come in. We had a mixture, honestly, probably uh, probably seven or eight names uh, over as a nucleus. The names of, uh, well, Wayne Smith himself, of course, Robbie Deans, Richie McCaw in there early, DC in there early, uh, Reuben Thorne came up, Tom Bla uh, Todd Blackadder came up. Um, so, you know, there's any number there. Um, as you say, uh, we're probably thinking a little bit too recent because it started back in 1996 so we don't know we wouldn't expect you to tell us anyway as you know that you know anyway but what we do expect is uh, that uh, that that you get well as soon as possible mate and uh, 
you know, poor Trish Smith. I mean, she she should give uh, Daisy Dagg a call. Uh, because um, uh, I think they've got a lot in common in terms of their husbands being away and out of, out of service, to be perfectly honest. Oh, I feel free, mate. She's dropped the kids off. She's doing everything, and I'm just uh, being an absolute slob. But I'll be back, Smithy. I'll have a new knee, and I'll be hitting 78 at Bridge Park soon. Good on you, man. Look forward to it. Uh, hey, thanks for being available to us this morning. Good chat. Cheers, no Izzy. Cheers, man. Thank you. Uh, 9.18 here on SENZ. It's playoff time in the ANZ Premiership. Catch live commentary of the elimination final between the Pulse and the Stars on Sunday afternoon. Coverage starts at 3.30 on SENZ. Kane has a carpentry business. His challenge. To renew his public liability uh, insurance. I saw him went and stopped in and saw him in hospital yesterday. On your marks, I thought he was probably a bit lonely in there, but... Wait, went in there and yeah, they moved him to the top discovery. floor into the best room in the whole place. He said he was getting special treatment. It's not surprising, so, is it? No, no drama. No, 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 it's not. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Right, yeah, let's uh, catch up with Louis Herman Watt, who's uh, down there in uh, Christchurch. First of all, uh, some good news from Ryan Fox. Of course, uh, we talked about the fact, uh, Louis, that uh, he has got this um, temporary tour card as such, and uh, he certainly this morning, by the look of it, made uh, took it to advantage. Tied six at the moment, Smithy. Morning to you. Three under uh, through his round, so he's finished. Um, there's still some golfers out there on the course right now, currently, uh, it's being led. Somebody's gone scorching. Harry Hall at Colonial. He's gone eight under for the morning. Um, but there's a couple of them still out there going round. I just think it's wonderful for Foxy to keep the momentum going. And I reckon that's almost key for him. If he can keep momentum going on this American swing, however long, I mean, I assume he's going to stay over there for the next wee while. Um, I think, there's a, as we said the other day, he's genuinely got a chance for a top 10, a top 5, and potentially to jag one of these events. Oh look, uh, you know he's he's in good nick. I mean, he, he, you know he's actually not playing poorly at any stage. I mean, he's he's featuring, he's there or thereabouts the whole time. Uh, incidentally, we're talking about the Charles Swab Challenge, folks. Uh, it's being played at the Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Harry Hall, who's uh, and well, he's a little-known Englishman actually. Went to uh, university at uh, the University of Nevada in Los, uh, around the Las Vegas area. Uh, he's eight under, and he's got a, a three-shot lead over Byung Hun An, uh, who's uh, minus five after 11 holes, so he's having a cracking round. Tom Hogue, Adam Schenk, uh, Robbie Shelton are all uh, four under, and uh, Ryan Fox at the moment is uh, sitting poised quite nicely at uh, a tie for sixth at three under, so a really good start. Uh, the good news is if they have the cameras on him, because he played so early, this morning he'll play have a later tee off tomorrow and we might get a few glimpses of a particular if he's anywhere near the top of the leaderboard so and that I think is one of the great aspects of um, uh, applying his trade um, in the United States uh, we'll get to see more of uh, Ryan Fox uh, interesting news on uh, Wayne Smith what's your take on it brilliant absolutely brilliant I just as far as re-securing IP and, and making sure that our geniuses stay in New Zealand and we don't lose and get a kind of a circuit breaker era, and you could I kind of argue we've almost had that a wee bit, and, and there has been a, a roll-on succession with Ian Foster coming out of Steve Hansen's group, but 
talk about Wayne Smith being involved with the most successful All Blacks era of all time and then being able to come back and um, salvage a Blackfern situation, as he said, now to stay there as in a mentoring role, not to be overbearing at all, but just to be in the air of Razor and Bunting if and when they need, and to offer innovation. I just think this is probably one of the smartest moves New Zealand rugby has done in Mark Robinson's time at the top. I mean, Silver Lake aside and, and all that sort of financial stuff, man management and personnel, I think this is probably as slick as a move that I've pulled off, Smithy. Would you would you agree with that? I think it's a good move. I, I do. And I, it, the key is um, how it's re- accepted by those two head coaches. Now, when you're the head coach of uh, the Black Ferns and the All Blacks, you, you're number one. You're numero uno. Uh, it's on you. Um, ask Ian Foster. It's on you. Uh, performance is about you uh, and your strategies and your selections, etc. Um, so there's a, there is a lot of pressure there. Um, and here's the bloke who, when he enters the room, and he'll have to be, um, I would imagine, quite anonymous in terms of his physical presence. Uh, because if he's, he shouldn't really, in my view, gazump them, if you know what I, I mean. If he walks in the room, you're going to say, oh, oh. Um, coach, you've got uh, Wayne Smith uh, here with you. What's going on? Um, as opposed to just uh, him working solely with those coaches, as opposed to working with the groups. Uh, and I would imagine that is uh, his brief, is to be more with the coaching structure side of things than the actual personnel, the playing personnel. Would you see it that way? Totally. The other part of that would be, how, can he make sure that his alignment around his theories and his um, motivational side of things is that where Razor's is? Because we know that Razor as a man manager does things unconventionally. Now, I assume that they've got very different coaching techniques and man management techniques, so can he get on board and can they be singing off the same sheet if he then goes and talks individually to those players? Maybe that's just not part of his role at all and he's simply going to be talking with the coaches and just offering them another bit of um, wisdom. Now, could you could you liken it potentially? The best coach in the NBA, George Berry said it yesterday, I would 100% agree, is Eric Spolster. Who sits in the stands in Miami there, Smithy? The, the guy that pulls it all together, the kind of godfather that offers the wisdom that's been around. Pat Riley. You know, it works. Yep, it can work. There's no doubt about it. Um, particularly um, when, I remember when Eric Spolster took over, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James. I mean, he had some excellent. fairly, yeah, he had some uh, fairly, fairly high artillery um, uh, at his disposal. But he also, with that comes pressure of performance. We know what happened as a result of that, and he still kept that job in a very, very competitive industry. So, interesting. Right, well, folks, um, listen, you know our number, 0800-150-811. 0800-150-811. What do you think of this move? What do you think of this move uh, from New Zealand Rugby to sign up uh, Wayne Smith as an overseeing role, a high-performance role, uh, over the top of uh, the All Blacks and the Black Ferns? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, we'd love to hear from you. Also, uh, your prospects uh, for the weekend. I think the Crusaders have got a pretty much a laydown Mazir, but uh, what about Blues and Hurricanes fans? Uh, what are you thinking about that? And, of course, Warriors fans, uh, they've got a, a chance. They're hot favourites on the TAB to really make a statement down here in uh, Hawke's Bay um, uh, up against, the, of course, uh, the Brisbane Broncos. So we'd love to hear from you on those issues or anything else. Anything else? We, we, I mean, we're still taking calls on the greyhound industry. Um, anything of, of that nature? Um, you know, what, what's happening there? 
Uh, and uh, this Entain deal, if you want to talk to Louis, knows uh, a lot more about it than I do. If you want to get in on, the, uh, on that, we'd love to hear from you. Cliff uh, and James, we can see you lighting up the board. We'll be with you very shortly. We'll just take a quick news break uh, with Araha, and uh, then we'll be back with those calls. Historic agreement between the TAB and Entain on SENZ. Talkback time with Smithy. Call now 0800 150 811. 9.32 and uh, really impressed with uh, the number of people uh, who have phoned through so we shall uh, endeavour to get through them as uh, quickly as possible. Start first of all in the deep south with you Cliff. Good morning. Morning Smithy, been a wee while. Hope all well. Yep, good mate. Yeah, good That's news, eh? Good. Hey, yeah, um, yeah, Wayne Smith. Um, yeah, it is, it is good that they've got him in. I'd like to have seen him being the high performance manager or the director of rugby. I think it's a wee bit loose his his title or what it actually. I know he's supposedly mentoring. It's a wee bit like when Graham Henry got in there when he came back and mentored. To me, I think Smithy's got so much to offer. He could have been given a real grunty title, the director of football or director of uh, high performance, and he would have, could have organised the whole, uh, you know, basically how rugby was going forward. And that, I think that's what it needs. It's just all about talking to the people, talking to, the, you know, getting the NZR to, to actually come out and, and speak, let us know what's happening, what they're thinking, rather than just closing shop all the time. Um, and the other thing about the, is this the Crusaders or Canterbury that this, um, you know, this, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the Hall of Fame is Crusaders. Crusaders since 1996, yeah. yeah. W- what are you thinking? All right. Um, my thinking for the Crusaders, uh, Owen Franks has probably got to be one of the guys in it. Um, he's been a great servant, played plenty of games, you know, was a good All Black, great All Black, really prop. McCaw and look, I don't know about Justin Marshall. He's just about on it. But whether he's he's just no one's favourite at the moment, which is a bit sad. It'd be Carter. So I'd go McCaw, Carter, and Franks. Okay, righty-o, uh, Cliffy. We'll write that down and just see how accurate you are. Uh, let's uh, go next of all to Jared from Christchurch. G'day, Jared. How are you? Okay, it's really on well. Nice to be on the show again. Good on you, man. What do you make, what do you make of this uh, announcement? And uh, what about your Crusaders Hall of Fame? <laughs> hey, uh, no, no surprises, Smithy. He's a Smith, for God's sake. <laughs> um, <laughs> I look, um, I'm absolutely stoked to hear that Wayne's uh, been appointed as the high performance. Uh, I really enjoyed what Izzy had to say uh, from a playing or player point of view. Uh, he, he was very demanding. That it was very interesting, um, and I'm not surprised. But this man gets results, and what he did with the girls last year uh, was just just staggering. And he is so valuable to New Zealand rugby, and I'm just absolutely stoked uh, that he, he's going to be assisting the the new uh, team next year. Uh, I, I just think it's great news. I do too. Um, I mean, uh, as as much as anything, it means no one else can have him, you know, because we can see what kind of difference he can make. 
Um, and you imagine him uh, going to a place like England, for instance, or even if the Aussies brought him to go over the top of Eddie Jones, not that that would be readily accepted, but, um, you know, um, he's proven. He's absolute proven in his field. Um, and actually, I was going to say, uh, when, uh, before when Cliff was talking about uh, the role that he should have, uh, it, sounded, uh, it sounded very much to me like uh, the CEO's role, to be honest, to be up, around, up front and honest about what NZR were doing and with their, um, their theories and their practices, etc. Sounded very much like... Uh, what about, uh, can I just ask you, if you had three, three Crusaders to go in, Jared, who would they be in the Hall of Fame for you? Well, Smithy, um, thanks for that. I, I, I mentioned yesterday with a text to you, Wayne Smith, <laughs> But funnily enough, he's in the, he's in the, the news again today. Um, uh, I, I really think he was very uh, important with the, the the dynasty of or the start of the, the dynasty with the Crusaders. So I, I would probably put him in there. And hard to, hard to go past uh, the likes of um, uh, Dan Carter um, and Richie McCaw. But like you guys have said, it's bloody hard to. Uh, you know, there's so many candidates, isn't there? There is. There absolutely is, mate. Um, uh, and I'll be interested to see. And I, I think it, it's the forerunner to what's going to happen throughout all of, um, all the franchises. I think it just makes sense to include. Uh, right, uh, let's uh, move along to... Thanks for your call, Jared. Mikey from Christchurch also. Mikey, uh, good morning to you. Yeah. Wayne Smith. Good Wayne morning. Smith staying in the fold. Yeah, and the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, Blackadder, uh, Merton's. And I would say Robbie Deans to start. Right. That'd be my Okay, pick. cool. Yeah. Yep. Go old school. Hey, uh, I think the, the move's fantastic, what he's doing. Brilliant. Um, because, look, let's face it, if you're in the very, very top job, people say it's the most important job outside of the Prime Minister, you need someone to confide in and someone to talk to, and who better than Wayne Smith? Absolutely brilliant. Um, question I have, is this... Is this position immediate? Does that mean he's going to help out with the forthcoming World Cup? No, he doesn't. It's, this becomes, um, uh, it comes into play. He may be, well be working in terms of uh, with the Black Ferns, yep, right now with Alan Bunting. Uh, no problem at all. But in terms of the All Blacks, post this World Cup. So uh, effectively, I think uh, November 1 is the uh, takeover date for... Um, the, the new breed, the new brand of coach, breed of coaches, but uh, no, uh, to, to what they've announced basically, uh, Mikey, is that it won't be uh, part of this World Cup campaign, no. Right. Hey, in this weekend's games, I cannot pick between the Brumbies and Chiefs, the Canes, Hurricanes, and I think it's the Reds, Highlanders. I, I, I'm trying to do my picks and I'm, I'm stumped <laughs> because they're such important games for each franchise. Very, very important well, games. I, I totally throw, agree. Throw everything at it. Yeah, I think the Brumbies are going to be very tough for the Chiefs. They got uh, humbled last week. They took a, a ragtag bunch across to Perth. They got dealt to by the force. They won't like that. Uh, they need to get home advantage as long as they possibly can in the playoffs. They'll throw everything they possibly can at the Chiefs. I can't pick that one either. I'm with you. Um, in terms of the Blues and the Hurricanes, kind of sensing the Blues have got a decent performance in them at some point. This might be it. Um, and the Highlanders, I'd like to see the Highlanders. I, I really would, because uh, they're going to uh, farewell uh, Aaron Smith. I think it's his, probably his last game ever under the roof down. Uh, it's going to be very interesting, but I'm with you, mate. Uh, thanks very much for, uh, with your call. I, I didn't give you 
didn't give you any help at all. Uh, we're going to go to the Wairarapa. We're going to go to Masterton. And James, good morning to you. Oh, yeah, morning, Smitty. Um, so, yeah, we're, I'm bringing my family up to, to the Warriors. We're going to be in your neck of the woods for a couple of nights. Um, oh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, when I booked the ticket, the Broncos were first, and I think we were second. Oh, we were in the top four. Now, the Broncos are fourth, and we're seventh. But I still think, you know, we're in a good, we're in a good spot. Look, I totally agree. Uh, I think this is a win. Uh, I, I'm almost, I'm, I'm super confident that this is going to be a win. It's a long, long way from Brisbane to Napier, uh, and there are some very young new players being introduced because of uh, the fact of state of origin. So the likes of Wendell Saylor, son Tristan, he debuts tomorrow night at fullback. Imagine the pressure, the kicking game of Sean Johnson has got to put under that kid. Um, and uh, you'll be part of a very vocal crowd. A lot of these people will be watching their first NRL game. Put my hand up and say that'll be me as well. Um, so they'll, they'll get into it big time. And a lot of people like yourself travelling. Great to hear, James, that, that you're making the effort to bring the family up. That's wonderful. Yeah, and your sermon was spot on. You know, like, they've just got to follow Tohu, don't they? That's all they've got to do. And, and I think we'll be in a good spot. I just, I just had another question too, uh, Swindy. So, like, you know, when it's packed, well, where do you park your car? Where do you go? Uh, just park it on the street or something? There's, um, look, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the road, but uh, there's a, just down from McLean Park, it's pretty hard to get a park a, a outside, although the streets, they don't, have, they don't lock the streets down a la Eden Park or anything like that, right? So um, the, the residential streets are fine if you can get one close to there. Um, also, uh, I'd be getting there probably about 6 o'clock, I believe there's some pre-match entertainment. Uh, I'm not sure when the gates open, but... Uh, rug up, it'll be cold um, but fine, that's what they're forecasting but y you'll probably find um, you won't have to walk as far as you think, are, are you staying in Napier or Hastings or where? Uh, no, well, where do you live? I'm in Havelock North, you're staying there? Yeah, we're in Havelock yeah, North that's where we are Okay, it's about, about a 20 minute about a 20 minute drive, so I'd, I'd leave uh, it's a Saturday, so not, we haven't got the business traffic, but uh, I'd leave 20, 25 to 30 minutes, uh, allow for that, and uh, you'll find um, this, this, uh, there is parking available to you. I don't think you'll have to walk that far, James, to be honest, and uh, I think it'll uh, finish about 9.30. Hey, look, enjoy, absolutely enjoy. I, I think you're going to have uh, a really wonderful experience. Right, uh, who are we moving on to now? Brian, or are we taking a break? Okay, John from Auckland. G'day, John, how are you? Morning, Smitty. Morning. My sister lives in Havelock North, actually, just before the find me. Coming off Napier Road. Oh. Beautiful part of the world. Okay. Yeah, it is a beautiful part of the world. It really is. But so, you did um, it's a better part of the world now with Wayne Smith ring signed up, isn't it? Yes, exactly. And just, just before I talk about the Warriors, um, the Crusaders, I'm going a bit left field. Um, does the name Ronnie Barker... Um, Caleb Ralph and Norm Berryman ring a bell to you. They do. Marika Vernon Barker, Norm, the late Norm Berryman, Caleb Ralph, yep. All uh, outside three, backs, basically. Or oh, Norm Berryman three, was three, played midfield, but yeah. Well, three great wingers, really. Berryman played on the wing for the Crusaders for a while, and they were there yeah. for the early years of success. And so I'm putting them on the, on the table. Um, 
bit left field, but you know they were pretty dominant as wingers in the early Super Rugby seasons. Um, but yeah, Wayne Smith, awesome, awesome. He needs yep. to be in the, in the mix, and it, it's so good for him, mate. And now he can just retire on his farm in Putaruru or Tiawamutu or wherever he is in the Waikato. Um, but really, the big game this weekend is the Warriors, mate. In your yes, neck of the woods. Yes. Um, can't wait. Okay. Uh, I heard that there's 20,000 people going. Is that right? I, f- I find it very hard to... Uh, because most of McLean Park is seated now, as opposed to being on the bank. Uh, John, I-, I would say closer to 10. Uh, if they get 10, they'll be absolutely thrilled. Uh, but it's the timing of them coming here that we're all thrilled about, mate. We've got to go to a break, but thank you very much for your call. Uh, I know you'll be watching, and I hope, like heck, you see uh, the result you want. It's 9.44 here on SEN, the SENZ, and thanks so much for your calls, folks. Speaking to the key figures who have the mail that matters. The Mail Run, Saturdays from 8 on SENZ. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Rightio, uh, it's 9.49. We're going to stay with the calls for uh, a few minutes. Uh, Joey, good morning to you. Yeah, g'day, Smithy. Um, yeah, you hit the nail on the head, mate. Um, New Zealand rugby have done one thing right for a change. Um, and, and appoint him because uh, we, we we didn't want to let him go. Don't let him go. I mean, don't let him go anywhere else. We've got him now. That's fantastic, and I think it's a brilliant appointment. And he's uh, he's going to help out big time. The well, has it anyway, as you know. The other thing was um, the three um, three guys from uh, from uh, Canterbury. Oh, Richie McCaw's got to be one, um, and Wyatt Crockett I think would go very close. And the other one, uh, Smithy, I think would be Robbie Dean. I mean, he took over from, um, uh, he took Canterbury in the first year. I think they finished bottom. Next year they won it. And I think he won three or four titles. Um, you know, Andy Ellis is another one there. And Andrew Mertens, he could well be there too. He was, I think he won five. You know, no one else has done that. But fantastic, fantastic show. And have a good weekend, eh? Have a good time with the, hey. with the Warriors uh, against the Broncos. Yeah, thank you, Joey. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I don't go to a lot of live sport uh, these days, uh, but I'm telling you what, I can't wait to get to this one. Uh, and thanks for those uh, your, uh, your all-round thoughts there. I really always appreciate your calls, mate. Uh, as we do, Brian from Christchurch. Brian, uh, what's on your mind this morning? Hi, Smithy. Uh, the TAB, but just before I mention that, I'd just like to say I'd love to see Smithy uh, in charge before the World Cup, not after. But anyway, yeah, uh, what I, I think I think a lot of people would probably uh, echo that. But uh, I think also uh, Wayne Smith, um, and this is the measure of the man, has uh, probably uh, been witnessing what's been going on with Ian Foster and the treatment that he's had, and has probably decided that he's best off out of it and let the man do his job. Let the man do his job without any yeah, other influence. And I think that's the that's the measure of Wayne Smith. I would think I I wouldn't mind betting he had the option. Uh, Brian, but yeah, this uh, TAB deal, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I'll just uh, tell you a funny story. All my life I've been uh, sort of uh, involved in a bit of bookmaking and whatnot, you know. And uh, in 1978, uh, I, I used to like give 7% com like most of us did. And um, had a wee bookmaking business. 
And I have one and only conviction, and I got the heaviest fine ever for first offence and only offence. Fifteen hundred dollars was quite a lot in nineteen seventy eight. And I've watched the TAB and their operation all these years. They had the only game in town. They still managed to, to, to destroy it and have to get an $80 million bail out from the government. Not only that, they're still doing something that would get any bookmaker torn apart. They're taking all these bets on trifectas in Australia. And because of the usurious uh, takeouts, they're not... Uh, are buying into the Australian pool. You get a trifecta, sometimes pay as much as 100000 they pay out 5%. 5% they've paid out many times. I mean, if you're a bookmaker and you tried that, you get torn to pieces by your clients. I mean, so you, like, competition breeds excellence. And Brian, very... you make an absolute point, a brilliant point there, a brilliant point, and... Uh... Great story. I'd like to hear more of it. Thank you. Um, if you get a chance to call back, it's 9.53. Agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yeah, after 11 o'clock this morning, uh, we're going to have Mick Guerin uh, with us uh, for 15, 20 minutes. We're going to look very closely at uh, tonight's meeting at uh, Alexandra Park because it features some time-honoured events, Group 1s, a lot of stake money up for grabs and some wonderful horses going around. So Louis and uh, Mick will give us a bit of Saturday morning on a bit of uh, Friday morning, to be perfectly honest, a bit of a preview there. Um, and uh, after 10 o'clock, which is coming up very shortly... Lockie Ferguson, back from the IPL, stint with the KKR, Kolkata Knight Riders. Uh, how's Lockie? How's he placed going forward? Because that World Cup is around the corner, and we want Lockie Ferguson fit and raring to go. What does he know about those Indian conditions, and how's he shaping up? That's the, the f- focus of the first part of the, the next hour. And uh, the bulletin, we'll talk to Robert Van Royen. He's a Christchurch journalist. Join us tomorrow morning from 10 for The Deal, a one-hour in-depth special on the historic agreement between the TAB and Entain on SENZ. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It is uh, just after 10 o'clock here on SENZ and by the time we come back to air on Monday at this time uh, the 2023 IPL champions will have been decided there's uh, plenty of decent chance uh, too as well for a couple of Kiwis uh, being part of that champions uh, outfit talking of course of uh, Devin Conway who's had a hell of a time over there and Stephen Fleming who was the super coach uh, other members of our New Zealand IPL contingent are starting to trickle home for winter now with the uh, ambitions of the ODI World Cup. Front of mind, I am sure. And uh, fast bowler Lockie Ferguson is one of that crew after spending some time with the Coal Cutter Knight Riders in this year's uh, tournament. Morning, Lockie. Nice to have you home. Morning, yeah. Certainly great to be back home. Right, so let's look at uh, this IPL from uh, your point of view. Uh, KKR finished 7th, missing the playoffs, so uh, below uh, the target, I would imagine. Yeah, it was a bit of a tough season, um, but to be honest, the whole competition was so even. Even going into the last game, we had a chance. Um, So, yeah, in terms of IPL seasons, it's probably the most I've seen competing for that 4th spot, but not to be for us this season. Um, so, yeah, back to the drawing board, no doubt, for 2024. 
Level of interest uh, not waning at all in the IPL? Is it still right up there? Uh, in terms of the fans for IPL? Yep, or? And, yep the fans buying in. Yeah. Yep. Oh, for sure, yeah. No, they, they're, they're still going nuts, I think. They've been having probably record-breaking um, viewership, and our ground was sold out every game. Even to the last, we still had sellout sort of 65,000 people going nuts. So uh, I definitely don't think that um, love's dropped off in India for cricket. Okay, right. Uh, let's look at uh, Lockie Ferguson then. Uh, how uh, would you um, assess your time over there? Because, what, you had a, an injury or two? Yeah, I came into it, unfortunately, with uh, a little tear in my hamstring. So never ideal. Um, and then, yeah, the first game, as it goes, just uh, had, had some good luck and had some bad luck. Uh, and then only played two more games, uh, bowling two more overs, and then, unfortunately, didn't play much of a part Um on the field for the rest of the tournament, but sometimes that's how it goes at the IPL. Um, so, yeah, just take the learnings. Um, certainly it was good to get over there and train um, leading into the World Cup at the end of the year. So there's always positives to take out of it. So who were, um, in terms of the overseas contingent in the KKR this year, who were your teammates as such? Uh, well, from overseas, we had Tim Southey. He played the first two games. Uh and then had Jason Roy from England came in sort of the second week. And then uh, David Visa, uh, who celebrated, I think, his 39th birthday. So um, that was pretty cool for him um, to play in another IPL. Uh, and then we had uh, Andre Russell, Sonny Onarin, uh, Goodbars from uh, Afghanistan. And, yeah, I also had Chris Donaldson, uh, our S&C for Black Caps, over there with us too. So he was thrashing us in the gym when we weren't playing. Okay, so Lockie, uh, and you, uh, when I say in, in your non-playing time, I, I mean, uh, we can see what, uh, every now and then what you're doing in, in terms of the work day as such because you're running drinks out and, and support stuff and that kind of thing. But when, the, what about the stuff we don't see? What about the work you're doing there? Yeah, I mean, um, with travel coming back into the IPL this year, it was um, busier than it has been. Uh, obviously, with the bubbles last time, we didn't have those big travel days and Kolkata's probably... The, the more distant city so those are quite big days to be honest after games um, sort of two two and a half hour flights each time and then yeah leading up to the games it's, it's sometimes difficult when you're not sure if you're going to be selected or not which is the nature of IPL because you sort of go through the process of preparing to play and then um, you know the team selected the night before or the day of and if you're not playing then sometimes you haven't done as much work as you'd have hoped um, assuming you're going to play kind of thing. And then, uh, so I think navigating that as a overseas is probably the most challenging. But uh, once I sort of realised I probably wasn't going to play towards the end, then, yeah, we could do more gym work the day of the game and things like that um, to try to build to, you know, we've got a pretty busy year this year. So there's always something to work on. Lockie, uh, fast bowling um, is pretty much uh, all about rhythm. How are you able to maintain rhythm when you're not doing as much bowling? Well, you still sort of do the same amount of bowling, just not match intensity. So I think there's sort of nothing that um, takes the place of playing games uh, and working things out in the field. But um, sometimes when you've been playing so much, it is nice to have you know a few weeks where you're only at training and you can work on skills rather than just going game, game, game and sort of reco recovery in between. Um, so it was a good opportunity to work on some new skills uh, some new balls that I've been developing and, and I guess trying to work out them at training 
Um, but yeah, with fast bowling, as you said, it's all about rhythm. So um, just try to groove that as much as possible. Um, but then also just enjoy the time over there and the experience that is the IPL. It's a um, pretty special comp. Um, so I'm always privileged to go over. So, uh, Lockie, in, in terms of your own variations, etc. I mean, you know, you're, you're known for your pace as such, but how do you develop these these other, well, secret deliveries, mystery balls, etc., like that, in terms of uh, an art of confusing and putting doubt in the batsman's mind? How, who works with that on you, and, and how how many sort of variations do you do you feel you have to have? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Uh, I think. Uh, being an out-and-out quick bowler, I had some great chats with Tim and, and he said sometimes, you know, when you bowl that pace, you don't necessarily need to have a lot of change-ups because you do bowl the extra pace. So, uh, But then other times you think, you know, I need to keep staying ahead of the batters. So it's sort of an ongoing discussion. Um, but once again, going to the IPL, you work with bowlers from all over the world, different coaches, even Umesh Yadav, who was in our squad, talking to him about his variations and, and how he goes about bowling in India, you don't sort of learn that just with the black cap squad. So I think there's always an opportunity to learn. Um, but uh, at times, I guess, I do flip from trying to work on more balls or just trying to you know perfect the balls that have been successful. And there's always going to be a balance. And naturally, as the batters are getting better all over the world and the more we play against them, they, the more they get a read on you. So it's important to try to stay ahead of them. Um, but, yeah, there's an element, of course, you need to make sure 90% of your training is put into what has been working and, and continuing to sort of execute that. Well, Lockie, yeah, one of the good things about uh, travelling around India, of course, is you've uh, been noticing uh, the conditions at the various grounds, which are going to be World Cup venues uh, not too far away. Um, will there be a variety of types of types of pitches, or are we, uh, are we expecting dusty, slow ones? I mean, will there be pace for you uh, in the World Cup? Yeah, uh, great question. I, I think that uh, certainly Eden Gardens was was an absolute belter, and um, the new stadium in Ahmedabad that's also um, a quick, uh, pretty true wicket. So those sort of grounds often might be high scoring, and then you go to your Delhi's, your Lucknow's. Um, which they tend to turn a bit more. Uh, at the same time, I'm sure India, when they play home games against other countries, they'll probably choose the pitches depending on what they want. Um, but it'll be interesting. I think the, the coolest thing about World Cups is playing uh, other nations in a different country where conditions sort of um, aren't suited to either side. So it's part of the challenge, but there's no doubt that playing over the IPL in the last few years and having that experience of the different grounds um, is going to you know, be super helpful going into the end of the year. Um, and then the other thing that they've been talking about a lot is the dew factor um, with the ball getting wet at night and how you know, at that time of year in India, I've not played cricket uh, in India at that time, but they said that it really comes in quite heavy. So I guess trying to navigate that as a bowler and bowling at the death with um, what feels like a piece of soap in your hand um, is a new challenge, but something we'll certainly have to work on. Right, so uh, for Lockie Ferguson now, I suppose you, you've got to ma do maintenance, body maintenance, etc. You'll have a bit of indoor net practice, I would imagine, which is quite limiting, uh, I suppose, in terms of your run-up and everything. That, that what, How have you mapped out, um, you know, with uh, October, November, a, a, a quick trip to England as well thrown in before that, how have you mapped out uh, the, the, the rest of the year going forward for Lockie Ferguson? Uh, so I've got a, a, about a month at home now, um, and... We'll do some work on the indoors for sure, but we do have uh, indoor grass facilities in the mount, um, so I 
might make a few day trips down there um, to use those facilities just sort of building in. But I'm going to uh, the USA uh, franchise competition called Major League uh, in early July and then have sort of three weeks or so there playing. Uh, and then we have a tour uh, the end of August to the UAE to play their national side in three G20s and then, as you said, into England. So it, uh, it all happens pretty quickly. So, um, so yeah, more or less this month is uh, a strength and conditioning block. Um, Chris is uh, sort of getting us into perfect shape to go into um, the back end of the year um, and what will be a very busy schedule for us, but uh, very exciting one. Right, so let's find out a wee bit about um, Lockie Ferguson and what he thinks about Lockie Ferguson going forward because this is an interesting thing for me. Raw pace is something that um, you have got because of uh, you've been able to develop it. Not many people have. At the age of, uh, I think, 31 now, how long do you think you can be an out-and-out fast bowler as such? And how long before you start thinking, oh, I might just have to pull things back a bit? I'm not saying like Richard Hadley, whatever, bring your run up back or whatever. But in terms of longevity, I mean, this is your job. Um, what are you thinking about along those lines? Uh, it's a great question. I, I think if you asked me when I was 21 and the injuries I was having then, I probably didn't think I'd be still playing at this time. So, um, yeah, I think from my point of view, um, it's an ongoing thing and probably review it every year but um at this stage certainly love bowling quick and i've got you know i, I guess for me as uh not being a, a, a swing bowler up front that that pace uh is certainly uh the main thing i bring to the table so as long as i'm bowling quick i'm enjoying it um and then just i think we're looking after our bodies the consistency of play is helping too and you have big breaks in between bowling, it can often be more risky than sort of monitoring yourself and just continuing to go through the season. So uh, there's a lot of elements to it, um, but at this stage, um, I've not really given it too much thought until you asked that then, so I'll continue mm. to try to play. We've got a big couple of years with World Cups, um, which is, you know, that's probably the most exciting thing for me especially. Uh, and then, yeah, just keep reviewing it every year. But so far, so good. So hopefully a few more years. I was there in Perth, uh, Lockie, for that test match where it didn't work out for you at all because of, of injury very early on in the piece. Um, I would imagine that's left you with a little bit of a hunger for test cricket, has it? Of course, yeah. I've always been keen to play uh, red ball cricket and it's a pretty tough team to make, um, certainly for the last four or five years. And after that injury, it was uh, tough because I think I was so um, excited to play and then didn't sort of work out um, for me. Uh, so, yeah, it's one of those things I keep working away at. Um, it's tough now with so much cricket to sort of, I guess, play the Red Bull games uh, in between for Auckland and, and the likes. So I don't want to sort of pull away from the national white ball sides um, to try to play test because I've worked so hard to get into those two white ball sides. Um, but, yeah, if the stars align, then I'm certainly always keen to play test matches and, um, had a, a Plunkett Shield game last year, which I, I actually really loved on a flat wicket, and um, you know I think it brought back some love for me with a swinging ball, and you know guys having to defend and leave is um, a bit of a change from the T20. So uh, I still have a love for red ball cricket, and yeah, I guess we'll just see how the next year pans out. Uh, in terms of uh, the IPL, of course, uh, grand final this weekend. Um, Devin Conway's had a hell of a time. Um, his form has been amazing. 
and Stephen Fleming seems to be keeping to f- keeping on finding the recipe for a successful side alongside M. M. S. Tony. Do they win it for you? I know it's incredible, right? I think they came last last year. Um, so just shows you they sort of stuck with their team, were consistent. Um, you can clearly see the culture that Flem and Doni have built there is amazing and every player that seems to go to, to Chennai seem to play so much better each each year. Um, so you'd probably say um, that the Titans are the favourites uh, after their season this year, but, you know, after that um, first eliminator or the, the semi-final, Chennai were pretty special, so... It's a hard one to tell, um, but playing for GT last year, I've sort of got a lot of friends in that group as well, and if they went back-to-back, it'd be pretty special. Um, so looking forward to seeing Dev and um, the guys play the final for sure. OK, Lockie, uh, terrific to catch up with you. Nice to hear that uh, you're fit and raring to go and keen as you uh, always were. So uh, enjoy your time at home. Pretty precious these days, and uh, good luck going forward, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, Smitty. Thanks very much. Yeah, cheers. Uh, Lockie Ferguson there with us, folks. Of course, uh, so much dependent on Lockie in terms of our genuine out-and-out pace bowlers. I'd love to see him play test cricket. I really would be a successful test bowler. Uh, I think he's got it in him. Uh, he's got that uh, fear factor. Uh, no one likes and they can uh, lie through their front teeth, most batsmen, to say, I don't mind 150k. Tell you what, 150k when it hits you, you know about it. And it's great to have one of those in your team. Absolutely, Smithy. Hey, just a bit of news out of Kolkata and the IPL. We've been waiting for this to happen, but um, Jason Roy seems to be the first one that's made it official. In a statement, the ECB has said England's white men, England men's white ball batter Jason Roy has informed the England and Welsh Cricket Board, Wales Cricket Board, sorry, that he wishes to take up an agreement with Major League Cricket in the USA later this summer. The ECB has agreed for him to play in the competition, and the proviso he gives up the remainder of his ECB incremental contract which both parties have agreed to one of the dominoes has fallen one of the dominoes is falling we'll keep an ear to the ground on that one because that is interesting if that uh, uh, becomes a bit of a trend of course Jason Roy was an integral factor in uh, the 2019 World Cup it was Jason Roy's arm that broke our hearts and I'm running out Martin Guptill remember from the outfield uh, and Jason Roy when he's on fire with the bat is something uh, to watch so interesting keep an eye on that it's 10.18 here on SCNZ SCNZ's Hawks Bay ratings better be going through the roof with Izzy and Smitty you're listening to SCNZ it's Kiwi for sport <laughs> Brand are experts in agriculture covering your equipment parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field summer or winter he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa this is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ well, certainly uh, the Wayne Smith appointment has uh, brought some comment through the text line. Um, is Wayne Smith uh, appointed to keep NZRU management held to accountability in regards the shambles with Foster's management? Uh, that's Irish John. Um, I'm not quite sure he will directly do that, but I would imagine um, if any of that kind of shenanigans goes on again uh, and it's let to play out the way it is, uh, Wayne Smith won't be a party to it. He'll be wanting to make sure that that not, it's not happening because... I think um, you look, and I, I, we've spoken to Robbie Deans, we've spoken to, we've heard from Steve Hansen, we've heard from Wayne Smith, and and all these people who have totally in agreement, being a f- former coaches themselves and high-profile physicians, uh, that the process uh, around this all-black appointment and uh, the the treatment that Ian Foster has got 
in terms of an employment issue as much as anything else has been poor and they've been unanimous on that. Uh, Patrick from Ashburton. Right, uh, time to give the NZRU some credit. Selected the best coach and the goat of coaches involved. How great. On the Crusaders Hall of Fame, Wayne Smith, Robbie Deans and Todd Blackadder. McCarter, uh, it's McCarter, McCaw and Carter in due course. Okay, Paddy, we'll keep an eye on that, that announcement uh, this afternoon. That'll become very public very quickly. Uh, Graham from Marlborough, formerly from Northland. Uh, he might have a different opinion. In fact, he does. I disagree with the appointment of Smith in this role. What does it say to Razor and Bunting? They don't trust them to do the job they've been hired for. Uh, didn't they have uh, someone guiding Foster? What a mess last season has been. Here's a scenario for you. If we lose the Bledisloe next season, do the media ask Razor what went wrong? Or do they ask him what influence did Smith have on your selections and playing style? Hopefully he stays in the background and allows the hired coaches to do their job. Uh, that is uh, Graham uh, from Marlborough, formerly from uh, Northland. Uh, Cookie says, hey, Smithy, really like the appointment, uh, Wayne Smith, for the reason that he won't allow the debacle that Ian Foster has to deal with from the board. I'm sure he won't be a no puppet to anyone, uh, but it will be a good voice of reason for both head coaches of the Black Ferns and the All Blacks. Just my thoughts. Uh, you can bet your bottom dollar he will do the job well. He will do it with um, the right to attitude, the right protocols, uh, he'll handle it beautifully. There will not be, uh, be any problems there because that is Wayne Smith. He is the professor. He's an absolute expert on the game, but he's also an expert on the people in the game. Uh, I, it's great for Razor, says uh, Kevin, but it's another dagger for Fozzie. I just can't believe that this campaign is so undermining. Yep, uh, I see where you're coming from there, Kev. Um, morning Smithy, Israel has pretty much given us a lead into the recipients for the Hall of Fame being some of the originals that started the legacy. My guess is Robbie Deans, Wayne Smith and Todd Blackadder. Cheers Steve for that. And an unnamed person has come in and said Crusader Hall of Famer Louis, Carlos Spencer should be number one in the, in the group. I think that uh, is quite interesting. I'll never forget that footage of him uh, uh, looking to score under the bin. Uh, and then racing out at the corner and calmly knocking the conversion over and giving it to the crowd up there. I think it was at the Paul Kelly stand uh, back in the day. The old Paul Kelly stand. I miss the Dean stand. I miss Jade Stadium, Smithy. Watched a lot of mm. cricket at Jade Stadium as a kid, actually. saw. I remember Jimmy Anderson, a young Jimmy Anderson, with his frosted tips uh, dropping catches on the boundary in, in the warm-up, and he had dropped three in a row, and the crowd was just absolutely giving it to him. Fondest memories at Jade Stadium in the uh, Paul Kelly stand. And I think uh, Carlos Spencer, well, he made, a, he made enemies for life, but... As time goes on, I actually think more fondly about Carlos Spencer. I love the provocative nature he went about his job. Steve could be onto something with some of the originals in the first edition of the Crusaders Hall of Fame. Remember all of these guys, Andy Ellis, White Crockett, Richie McCaw, Dan Carter, they will end up in there in time. So maybe you're onto something there, Steve. I'm a little bit surprised that the, the Wayne Smith situation's as vexed as it is. I, I kind of assumed people would be jumping for joy, but... There might be something to undermining those people that have been given the job. I mean, what will Razor be? Do you, do you agree with Izzy's notion that Razor and Bunting would have actually approached NZR for this? I don't know if they'd approached them. I think it might have been suggested to them, and it's pretty hard to turn down. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm I also thinking that you've got to tread very carefully. It doesn't matter who you are in that respect. I mean, you've got to tread very carefully. As someone says, uh, Neil's just texted and said, this is a similar type role to uh, David Nusifora. I remember he was a former Blues coach 
uh, and Ireland doing the same sort of uh, role overseeing. And uh, look, I, I, it'll take bedding in because it's a very new appointment because in the past, the, the coach of the All Blacks, etc., the Black Ferns, they've been numero uno. They've been the one. They have, you know, it's their gig. And now um, they have basically got a guy over the top of them just keeping an eye on things. That's the way I see it. And they've, but they've got the right guy doing it. Um, Dino, we weren't able to get to air this morning. We had such a line-up, unfortunately. Uh, for me, Smithy, um, or Robbie Players, um, Justin, first to 100, I think, then Crockett, first to 200. Foster concerns me. Um, if his daughter makes the football ferns, where will his head be uh, when we need the rugby? Uh, Dino, it'll be with the rugby. It'll just be a proud father. That's all. There's no, no problem with that. Uh, he's under. Uh, you think there's anyone in the country, anyone in the country, who uh, wants to win the World Cup more than Ian Foster? Are you kidding me? After this, goodness me, he's going to be so focused on the job, so intent on winning, um, uh, as you would be anyway as a World Cup coach. Um, look, I, 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 I believe that um, I believe Ian Foster's good chance, a really good chance, and I've been saying this for a while. Uh, Dean goes on to say the reason Smithy is New Zealand's respect is simply he walked away when he believed he wasn't doing a good enough job then worked bloody hard to be better himself congrats to him a bloody beauty uh, fantastic absolutely fantastic uh, right Carl says hey Smithy there are great replays of your 1985 tour in Aussie on at the sky at the moment uh, might look them up Carl when we get off here thanks for that uh, we shall take a short break uh, here for some news with uh, the lovely Araha and when we come back we're going to talk to uh, Robert Van Royen about um, well, all things, all things uh, to do with Canterbury rugby in particular. Um, but uh, he broke a story also uh, just recently. We'll talk to Robert about that. Join us tomorrow morning from 10 for The Deal, a one-hour in-depth special on the historic agreement between the TAB and Entain on SENZ. The Bulletin. Rightio, uh, the bulletin uh, this morning um, has uh, Robert Van Royen as the, the guest. Uh, Robert, good morning to you. It's all happening down there in Christchurch today, a, a big function and a, a, a big announcement about some inductees. What are you making of all this, Robert? Yeah, morning, Smitty. Yeah, sure. I was just actually coming from Crusaders' captain's run uh, just now. And, um, yeah, obviously there's a Hall of, Hall of Fame Going on this afternoon. The first three Crusaders are going to be uh, inducted into that. Um, and obviously the Wayne Smith, uh, as well this morning, the announcement, the pre- uh, press conference down here for that. So, yeah, we'll go. So what did you make of uh, the Wayne Smith um, appointment and how do you see um, it affecting the job of the all-black coach, the Black Ferns coach, going forward? Well, I mean, I guess any time someone like Smithy, uh, you know, everyone, everyone knows he's you know, a wealth of knowledge. Um, it's, it can only be good having him involved, right? Um, for both teams, everyone knows what he did. He's done with both teams in the past, so yeah, I think it's, uh, it can only be good news. And and uh, to, to be fair, I actually thought even if he wasn't in this role, I mean, you know, raises um, in the past raises often said, you know, he always he's used um, Wayne Smith and Robbie Dean as mentors since he's been Crusaders and Canterbury coach. So I probably suspect that he, you know, would have there would have been phone calls regardless, right? I guess this makes it more official and. Uh, probably slightly different. Um, I wasn't at the press conference. Uh, obviously, I was at the captain's run. Um, colleague Richard Nola went down, so I'm sure there's probably uh, some more details down there exactly how it worked, which I'm, which I'm not across at this stage. But uh, look, it can only be good news. 
Robert, Louis here, mate. Hey, I'm very curious what the feeling is around the Crusaders, and it was just uh, down the road from where I am uh, at Captain's Run with the amount of injuries that uh, teams go through patches of injuries in the course of a season, but it usually ebbs and flows. I can't remember a sustained flow like this in a long time, especially for the Red and Black. So what's the mood? Well, yeah, you're right. It's definitely uh, it's definitely the most um, injuries I've had. I got up to 17 at one stage of season. It's definitely it's come down from there. That said, they have lost you know three All Blacks props uh, for the for the season. Um, yeah, and Mitchell Dunshay, a, a lock's gone. Severe Reese, the All Blacks wings. They have some of the players have lost have been uh, you know big name players. Um, I mean, in the past, it's always been the Chiefs that seem to really have the have the injury bug. Uh, this year, it's been the Crusaders. Uh, Highlanders also had it quite bad. Um, look, it's given that they're getting guys back at the right time. Um, I think the mood's definitely sort of, I guess, you know, it's, it's picked up. I mean, they really they got Sam Whitelock back this week. Ethan Blackett is the big one to come back still. Um, but yeah, to, to be honest, like they, they really can't afford to lose any more props. Um, you know, Tomasi Williams and, and Ollie Yeager, they need to, you know, you'd be tempted to put them those guys on ice. Um, either of those guys goes down, you are you're looking at. Kershaw, Sykes, Martin, Seb Calder. Um, yeah, it's it's getting very, very thin. Obviously, Ruben O'Neill's coming from the a former chief has come in um, since on the back of Moody's injury. So, yeah, it, it's hard to see them if they lose any more props. I mean, Tomaiti's been outstanding. Ollie Yeager's not playing this week because that, that gash to his leg got infected. So that, he's uh, sitting out this week. But, um, it's, you know, everyone knows the style of rugby they play in the, in the playoffs. And, and as a whole, you know, in these, in these games when it gets colder, you know, they go to their pack, it's all about the set piece, grind teams into the ground. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult to do that, especially against a team like the Chiefs and Blues if they lose any more props. Ruben O'Neill, who I think, if I'm getting this right, famously made, got an all-black call-up, uh, sorry, got a super rugby call-up a year or so after he had an all-black call-up. So he's had a very interesting career. What was the mood... Uh, for you down there, because Smithy and me tried to mine it out of Colin Mansbridge yesterday, what's going to go on with the centre situation, and he was very tight-lipped, but then you've come and splashed it on the, the paper this morning on the Stuff website that it is true, Leicester's off for a bit of a European jaunt. So you've got the bully. How was that received? <laughs> yeah, fine. And, uh, yeah, but, uh, that's, a, that's a not a blow for the Crusaders, right? It's a big blow for New Zealand rugby, a 23-year-old. Uh, leaving so soon, and, and he's and he's been playing. You know, he scored what ten tries last year. He was outstanding to to make the All Blacks. Uh, he's been even better this year. He's not just everyone's seen how destructive it was, right? He scored ten, uh, ten tries in eight games. There's been a lot of talk about Sean Stevenson. He's got ten tries. It's taken him twelve twelve games. Um, so look fine, and he's he's been outstanding under the high ball. He's just improved all all, all round, and he has, he's the Crusaders' most important weapon, especially with Sevier Reese gone and Will Jordan out most of the season. Fyganuki was crucial, so yeah, his departure is a big blow. Um, he only played two tests last year, but I would have imagined he'd be in the fray this year, given he's been playing so well. I know there's been a fair bit of talk that you know most people you speak to would probably, if you're deciding between him or Caleb Clark, as of now you'd be taking Fyganuki. Um, with him leaving, you know, like it's hard to know if the All Blacks will go, will go down that road with him if they'll look at him this year or not. Um, yeah. Robert, uh, with um, with Levi Ormoa coming to town, what does that say about Jack Goodhue as well? Yeah, good question. Good question. Uh, Goodhue's there's been 
you know, there's been a few stories in the recent weeks about Goodhue's future. Um, as far as I'm aware, the, the, the Crusaders are interested in keeping him around, um, especially with, I guess, with the final Nicky news that changes things a bit. I mean, I don't think that they would have struggled to um, fit them all in, right? But I guess with Fung and leaving, um, Goodhue, I know there's definitely been talks with Goodhue. I don't, as far as I'm aware, nothing's been agreed to. There's no doubt there um, is interest elsewhere. Um, his, his knee's always still... I'm, I'm not sure if the knee's... It's definitely still an issue, so that would be something um, worth keeping an eye on as well. It's been... He's not playing this week, bit of a rest. Um, Razor's continuously talked about having just to just to manage that knee. Uh, he's had a few knee surgeries over the years. Um, yeah, Braden Enel is another one that <clears throat> is off contract at the end of this year. So it could become... Who knows? It could become a decision between those two. Um, how they... The Levi Amua signings... Um, yeah, it's certainly come at a good time. I guess when you when you when you look at Fang and if you're leaving, it still leaves them with a real a real power back. Like a, a a good nose to the ground journalist, I would imagine you know who the three inductees are this afternoon. But can you talk us round about who you think, uh, what kind of era they're looking at, what kind of impact they're looking to make with the first three names? Yeah, well, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think. Look, if, if you look at what, uh, if you look at the timing of that press conference this morning, uh, and who was there, and why, and why it was held in Christchurch, uh, the bodies that were down here for it, um, I think it gives you a good idea. I mean, I look, I'm, I'm, I'm picking Wayne Smith to be, uh, to be amongst those, amongst those three. Um, and to be fair, and if you look at, look, I don't think it takes rocket science. If anyone's looked at the Crusaders' social media this week, they would have uh, noticed Todd Blackett was floating around. Uh, Crusaders HQ this week. I saw him uh, at Rugby Park yesterday. Um, and look, so these these two very likely candidates, I would imagine. Uh, the third, they might not so sure. Do they, do they look at someone like a, a Justin Marshall, someone you've been talking about this week, Smithy? Well, it's an interesting one. Um, or do you really hit it in right between the eyes uh, with a macaw fresh up? Well, yeah. Hey, it's, it would. It's a good point. It's a good point. To be fair, and I could be wrong, but I haven't. The names that I've heard that are are in that sort of, I've had about five names, and interestingly, he's not one of them. He and he, look, he reaches. Uh, he ticks all the boxes when you look at the at the, uh, the entire what, what the players have had to have, or coaches have had to have ticked off to be eligible for the Hall of Fame. And Richie McCord as a shoo-in. Um and look, you'd think someone like uh, him or Ricardo would be would be a, a good one to go with first year up. Um, but yeah, I'd look to be honest, they're not names that I've heard um, yet at this, at this stage. All right, Robert, before we let you crack on with your day and your weekend, Hurricanes or Blues, who would be more likely to contend for a title this year? Uh, I'd, 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 I'd be going Blues for sure. I, I still just think, you know, in terms of in terms of their pack. And, and look, yeah, they're going to have to... Look, they have to, there's all this talk about putting the kicking game away and early signs last week against the Reds were good but hey, let's see moving forward um, yes, yeah, short answer, yeah, Blues Blues, okay that uh, is from uh, Robert Van Rooyen uh, incidentally, do you go to Hall of Fame lunches in an official capacity or uh, do you, uh, oh, will look, you be there? I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm not going to go look, I could have I could have uh, gone along to sort of cover it um, but I've just got, I've got other, a couple of other stories uh, working on for the weekend, so I just uh, haven't, haven't got time to get there. We will be covering it off. Um, yeah, but I won't be there, Smitty. 
Okay, Robert, that's a shame. I think uh, with all the hard work you do down there, you do deserve a, you deserve a bit of a junket every now and then. But uh, we'll catch up with the news. Uh, we'll be all over it later this afternoon. Have a terrific weekend, mate. I think uh, the Crusaders are a shoo-in this weekend anyway. Cheers, man. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Robert Van Roy. Yeah, Robert Van Royen with us there, folks, as um, part of the Bulletin. Uh, we'll have uh, another guest on Monday in a review mode, I would imagine, as to what happens uh, over the weekend. We'll take a very short break when we come back. Uh, we'll catch up uh, with Louis. There's a bit of uh, racing going on today and plenty over the weekend. And uh, let's not forget, Louis and Mick will be with us uh, for a concerted effort just after 11 o'clock this morning uh, because it's a big, big night and harness racing up there at headquarters at Alexandra Park. Bring your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz. Racing's biggest fan. Right, I'm going to start and throw a bit of a negative at you here, uh, Louis Herman. What? And in the last uh, couple of days, we've um, been absorbing this news about Entain taking over. So the moment that they've been announced as taking over uh, the operation and putting money into the industry, we've had the threat of one of our industries going uh, all together. Um, and the very next day, um, the day dawns fine, beautiful blue sky day. Here in my own Hawke's Bay, they have one race. They have one race before they're called off uh, on a soft six, which at this time of the year is a pretty damn good track going with all the moisture around the country. Can I ask you what is going on here? Well, I could. they're two completely different things, right? I mean, one is the greyhound industry has been on notice for a long period of time and they have been thrashed quite publicly to clean their act up, even though they would argue that they are. Behind closed doors, a report came out. It was released that was slightly dated, but that was because of un- other situations, including Cyclone Gabrielle. So it's somewhere in the middle you'll find the the actual cold, hard reality of it. Um, I think that they're going to work really, really fast now, and they've got the message, and I think they probably had the message. And I don't necessarily think that Entain would expect the greyhound industry to disappear. There's only three codes. If you take three codes, do you take 33? Well, it's not all even, but do you take 10% of the deal away? That's a hell of a lot of money. So that's that's the greyhound situation. And we'll talk more about it tomorrow on the deal uh, after 10 o'clock on SENZ. Or we might even try to catch up with Edward Rennell, the CEO there at Greyhound Racing. Uh, if Ed's listening, well, there you go. That's an invitation. I'll be in touch with you after the show. And as far as Hastings, someone's water, water blasting the back of my studio, by the way, if you can hear background noise. Um, as far as Hastings goes, I spoke to a couple of trainers, and by all accounts, the, the horses that slipped around leaving the straight the first time and then heading into the back straight, it was proper slips. Other jockeys saw it. They all felt very unsafe. This is This has to be a... That is some serious water blasting. That has to be a a, a failure. Can you hear that? <laughs> I can't mm. think. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. Uh, it has to be a serious failure on on what I would imagine the um, oversight or uh, the person that looks after the track. But there's very experienced people down there. Now I don't know how they've got that so wrong, and 
I don't want to speculate because I wasn't there and I didn't see the track and I don't understand. But time after time, it's not good enough, Smithy. So I understand your frustration and I would understand yeah. why NZTR would be frustrated. And, and the, the reason why I said that and brought Entain into it is because it's less loss of income, loss of loss of business, uh, a race day. It's a you know. Uh, so that, that's the reason why not good things. Well, I would just say that it, there is a chicken and egg element to this as well. We need more investment. Entain will bring that. This can never happen again. Once we get that investment, hey, they're racing at Wingatui today. Um, yep. There's six races, and there's a horse called Robbie Burns in race four, which was really good first up, and it's got a wide draw, but it's pretty talented. Gelding by rote out of She's a Vixen, and um, it's gone well on the track before. Just won the one race, but you'd expect it to win more this preparation. So get through the heavy. Race four, number one, Robbie Burns. Right, okay, thanks for that, Louis. We shall be back shortly, uh, catching up with the TAB. Uh, maybe time to give you our multi for the weekend as well. SCNZ, it's Kiwi for Sport. Call anytime, 0800 150 811. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. You got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up. Smithy's multi. Know when to walk away, and know when to run. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. I got a five prong multi for the weekend and I really like it. The Warriors to beat the Broncos a dollar forty two. The Rabbits to beat the Raiders a dollar seventy four. The Highlanders to beat the Reds, yes, at dollar fifty two. The Stormers to beat Munster at a dollar forty five. And Ricky Fowler, who shot two under this morning to finish in the top twenty five. I'm liking it. That will multi out at thirteen dollars sixty one. Uh, you can make uh, money from the TAB this weekend and other avenues as well. And good morning to Pip Morris. A uh, lot of uh, options on offer, Pip. Good morning, Smithy. Oh, there certainly is. We'll start with the basketball. can tell you the heat. Uh, still taking so much of the money. 96% of them head-to-head at that $3.30 quote in game five. Again, the most popular power play. Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler each have 25 more points, five more rebounds and five assists at $4 has been the popular option. Of course, the triple group one night at Alexandra Park on the racing side of things. Can tell you in the group one Auckland Cup, copy that is the best fact, followed by South Assured. I mean, both of them just have so much to their name. Duff Assured looking for three Auckland Cups, and of course, we know what Copy That can do, so punters liking those two there. There was $800 popped on Copy That too at the opening quote at three fifty. As far as the gallops goes tomorrow, Smithy, I can tell you at Pukakoi, the best fact across the program is Butler there, and that's by a decent margin across all races. With the bonus back, Blitz available too on the first four racings, first four races from our main meetings. And for the Super Rugby, I'm going to tell you the Highlanders tonight, Aaron Smith, anytime try scorer, and the Highlanders win by 1 to 10 boosted is going very well at the $10 mark, and 71% of the turnover, Smithy, is on the Highlanders. Fantastic, Pip. Absolutely fantastic. Aaron Smith, I wonder if the stars align. His last performance under the roof uh, down there. I just wonder if that $10 boost is worth a crack. I like the Highlanders. Aaron Smith, the dot down. Mm, possibility. Right, uh, you heard about uh, the racing, uh, the prospects for tonight and tomorrow. We're going to go more in depth with that after the break with Mick Guerin and Louie teaming up to talk us through action. Uh, it's like a little bit of, uh, uh, I guess, a morning run. 
We're still in the morning. We're just the day before rather than the day off. Uh, that's coming up. We'll have uh, a, a crack at uh, Stumping Smithy around about uh, 11.30 and plenty more text to read out as well. Plenty happening here on SENZ. Join us tomorrow morning from 10 for The Deal, a one-hour in-depth special on the historic agreement between the TAB and Entain on SENZ. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Well, racing, uh, Greyhound racing, racing, the new deal has been very much uh, the talk of uh, our airwaves this week. Uh, some good, perhaps uh, some not so good. Uh, but tonight, Harness Racing takes centre stage with uh, the Auckland Cup, uh, the Row Cup meet at uh, Alexandra Park, set to be an absolute cracker. It really should be. The Northern Derby yeah, as well. Um, all Group 1s, they stack up beautifully with uh, plenty of chances and our top-line horses on display. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but uh, overall, it's been a very interesting week, and uh, Mick Guerin is with us now. Of course, Mick is the New Zealand Herald racing editor, co-host of the Mail Run, Trot's Talk. Uh, he's on telly all the time with all sorts of uh, racing interviews uh, and shows as well. So no one is more over uh, the events that have happened this week than Mick. Good morning to you, sir. Yeah, hi, Smithy, and big hi to you and, and uh, all the listeners around the country. Uh, the good news is, um, in Auckland, where they're having the Auckland Trotting Cup tonight, that's where you would probably think they would have it, uh, it's a beautiful day. And, and it is important because this time of the year, Smithy, if it was cold and raining, it'd be a real downer. But it's a lovely day in Auckland. It will be cold there tonight, but they have a lot of the hospitality rooms are booked out. And they actually have a better Auckland Cup field than I thought they would get about six weeks ago. So it should be a nice sort of halfway for the racing season because the harness racing season is actually the calendar year. So it's not the same mm. season as the galloping season. So we get to tonight, we have this big shebang, and then we sort of all cool down and calm down for three or four months and go again in the warmer months. So I think it'll be a good send-off. And um, we have two vastly different cups. The Row Cup is a race for the trotters only. Uh, and Muscle Mountain completely dominates that and will win if his manners hold together. The Pacing Cup, far more dependent, Smithy, on what happens early, who's in front, horses are on the market pits, have an enormous advantage over horses who are racing outside them over 3,200 metres because every time you go around a bend on a 1,000-metre track, it's different from the gallopers. The gallopers can race really closely together because there's no sulkies. On the harness tracks, the sulkies are wider. Therefore, the horses outside the leaders are racing wider. So you tend to lose about two lengths per bend. Now, over 3,200 metres, you're going on the bends uh, quite a few times. So all of a sudden, if you're in the running line, so that's parked outside the horses on the marker pegs, over two miles, you need to be 10 lengths better to win. And over an enormously long period of time, um, the horses on the marker pegs win and often trifecta our major two-mile races. So that's a crucial factor for punters tonight because both the big races tonight are 3,200-metre standing starts. 
Mick, before you and Louis get uh, horse-specific and race-specific, I'd, I'd just like an overall viewpoint from you on this announcement with Entain and how you see it um, in terms of the harness industry, who we haven't really talked about too much about this week. Well, Smitty, bizarrely, harness racing have had a miracle, and, and past the miracle, because the numbers on this are staggering. Just consider this. The New Zealand TAB went to market for a strategic partner. So anybody in the world had the option to say, we'll do it for you. We will run your business. Of all the places who came up, there were four initial bidders that they came down to three, and I can only presume they chose the best bid. There's no reason for them not to. But they ended up with a company called Entain. Entain's based in England, but the New Zealand business will be run out of the Australian side of Entain. In a remarkable coincidence, the guy who runs Entain Australia, the chief executive, is a guy called Dean Shannon. He's a giant harness racing owner. He owns literally dozens, maybe up north of 100 horses. And he genuinely loves harness racing, and he owns the horse who won the Northern Derby called Merlin. When you consider how many people there are on earth, how many people run major betting companies, you might be down to chief executives of major betting companies in the world, 200. The chances of you having your business given to strategic partnership with a guy who is a harness racing zealot, well, harness racing zealots who run international bidding companies, there would be one on earth. One, that's Dean Shannon. The chances of them finding someone who runs an international bidding company to get into a strategic partnership with who happens to love harness racing were roughly eight billion to one, Smithy. They have pulled off a miracle because it doesn't mean you'll give harness racing any favours, but almost assuredly, unlike anybody else who got this role, he won't ignore it. Mick, that's uh, some great perspective you offer there around Dean Shannon, a guy we, we don't know a hell of a lot about at the moment, but I'm sure we're about to be acquainted to him as uh, punters over the coming weeks and months once they take over in only six days' time or so. Merlin, where's Merlin at? You mentioned Merlin. Merlin's a pretty talented young pacer. What's he up to? Yeah, slight hoof uh, incident, Louis. Good morning to you. Um, so he missed the New Zealand derby two weeks ago. He's on track for the Queensland Carnival if they decide to go. And the thing with going to a carnival is you put a horse on a plane to Australia, you get no change out of 20000 By the time they go there, go back, everybody flies across to drive the horse and look after it and accommodation. The trip's about 8000 for air fares. But you get no change out of 20. So if you're going to be getting on a plane to Queensland, you better know your horse is dinky die. He's ready to go. So they'll work him up and they'll probably trial him. And if he seems to be okay, he'll go. If there's any doubts, he won't. It's just too tricky to go if you have any concerns. So Merlin's parked up for the moment with Queensland potentially on his dance card. So to copy that, who races tonight, he could go to Queensland for the major winter carnival. But before then, look, we've got to get through tonight. And a lot of trainers will say to you, I'll make my decision after the big race. Because what you think's reality right now may not feel like reality at 9 o'clock tonight. Mick, can we go to race six tonight, the first of the three uh, group ones? It's uh, the, the Northern Derby mobile trot, 90k up for grabs, another group one. Betting suggests a three-prong attack here. Uh, Love Me Too, uh, confessional, and uh, walking on sunshine. Is that how you see the race? 
Smithy, I've had my biggest bet of the night tonight on uh, on confessional. I think he'll win. You're getting more odds because he's drawn the second line, but it's totally irrelevant because in a field the size of a 2,700 metres, the gap between the first horse and the last horse will be 200 metres. There'll be massive gaps. Horses just aren't unlucky in trotting derbies. So he'll get off the markers when he wants to. I think Paul Neam, his trainer driver, will balance him up early and then launch him. And I think when he launches him, he'll get the front. I think he'll win. I took 2.30 last night. I took 2.30 today. Uh, he's my better than night there tonight. Right. Okay. Uh, that uh, is followed by uh, $180,000 worth of the Road Cup, uh, another Group 1, and uh, you've already touched on it, Muscle Mountain, which has a picket fence. But you did put a, just a little bracket there about his manners. Well, he's actually a pretty well-mannered horse, but what he's doing tonight, Smithy, is something he hasn't done for a long time. So it's a standing start for people listening to this at home. Imagine you've got eight horses and then seven horses behind them. So there's 15 horses. So they're all standing there. Now, he's a big, giant horse, and he's going to be standing in the middle of the front line. So if they muck around or horses are misbehaving, he's going to have horses on either side. He's going to be annoyed. He's not going to enjoy himself because... Most of these horses do that all the time, but because he's so good, he races predominantly in mobile starts or he races off a handicap. So usually when he's in a standing start race, he's standing 20 metres behind them. And he's got plenty of room and he's the last horse to come into line and it's all very cruisy. He's going to be claustrophobic. He's going to be annoyed in that space tonight. Now, he may well handle it. He probably will. But he's only raced under those conditions in a standing start with a full front line once in the last eight months. So all the other horses do this all the time because they're normal horses, but he's a superstar. So he very rarely has to stand around with other horses. I don't think it'll bother him too much, but at $1.45, how much do you want to find out? He should win. It's better than flip of the coin odds. He'll step away and behave himself, but you're not getting better than flip the coin odds. So for that reason, I'm not going to be backing him even though the temptation will be there for punters that anchor him with the multis. Makes sense, Mick. Did you back copy that early? Did Greg O'Connor back copy that early? Because the 350 eviscerated. So um, self-assured drifted, just pushed 10 cents, 230 to 240. Old Town Roads had no love, nines to 11s, as has Kango, as has the big Lebowski. Everything, apart from a slight 50 cents move on a cooter, has been pointing towards copy that, judging by the TAB website. Are you involved? Uh, yeah, I, I backed self-assured last week pre-final field. Uh, and I often back two horses in a race, as anybody will know who listens to the mail run on, on Saturday morning. So I backed self-assured at $3 or something like that. And then I backed copy down to three fifty because it's about somewhere between 85 and 90% one of those two will win. Every time they line up together, one of them wins, more or less. Is the occasional time they don't and lead up races when they're off handicaps. But when they're off the front line together, one of the two of them will win. So I back one at $3.50. I think I won at $3 and I'll just watch them go around and get the money. And if I don't, well, there's always a 10% chance in gambling that something can go wrong. There's always a 10% I couldn't see that possibly happening scenario. And that's possible. But I genuinely mark one of them winning tonight somewhere between 85 and 90% because Akuta's the only horse clearly good enough to beat them. 
and he had an issue last week. I'm not sure he can be as fit as he needs to be. I also think by race start time, Akuta will be paying $10, and if I really bored, I can still back him as well and still come out of the race with profit. So as you know, Louis, I don't bet for fun. Um, my heart rate won't go up at all during the race. I'm watching it to make money because I'm going to Royal Ascot in three weeks. I'm going to spend a truckload of money in bars <laughs> in London and I'll need some cash. <laughs> Not to mention your range of top hats you're going to have to get. Right, let's uh, look at uh, I've got how two you smithy. think. I've got two. I'm going with my brother and <laughs> my popping top hat three a day. So I've got a black one and a grey one. I'll run one on <laughs> Tuesday and then on the Thursday we're swapping top hats. Luckily, we <laughs> both have the gear and very big head, which is a big bonus. <laughs> Right, well, I just want, before we uh, leave the Auckland Cup alone, uh, Self Assured, of course, has drawn one, uh, which is a good barrier, uh, I would imagine. Copy that seven, Akuta nine, the three horses you've mentioned. Map the race for us then. Will you sit there with your heart not beating? I think Tango and He's a Sport will be the first two out. Um, Self Assured is pretty good from the standing start. When you come into barrier one, you're standing the longest, so there's going to be a bit of stuff in around, but it's only a small field. So therefore, they shouldn't muck around too much. I think self-assured will be beaten out, even not certain, but probably. Then the question is, if Kango or He's a Sport, who are very quick beginners, get across him, will they hand? Well, He's a Sport will. If He's a Sport leads, he absolutely hands the fun away. No doubt. Kango, their team is suggesting they may stay in front. But if that early messaging is that Kango's staying in front and you can't get the lead, then they'll fall into single file and then they'll start moving from about the mile. So either way, if copy that happened to roll to the lead, almost impossible to beat. He's won two New Zealand Cups, a race by Grins, a Ballarat Cup, a Taylor Mile and a Messenger in front. If he's not in front, then it comes down to who can sprint better, and I think that suits self-assured more. So I think self-assured has the ability to be close to the speed, so does copy that. The question mark and the horse that will determine who wins tonight's Auckland Cup is Tango, because if he leads and he says no to copy that, that aids self-assured because you're taking away one of copy that's key weapons and that is his ability to lead and to take the race. Mick, we often talk about copy that. We often talk about self-assured, muscle mountain, those types of horses, confessional. Across the board, though, are you happy that there's enough top liners and pacing and trotting ranks at the moment or are we relying on this top-heavy brigade too much? Merlin and Don't Stop Dreaming are coming through, so they're really good three-year-olds. Um, Bolt for Brilliance will come back, Smithy. The problem isn't so much the fact that we don't have any good horses. The problem for harness racing is galloping is so big now. Ten years ago, 15 years ago, when you would go to a cafe or a bar and you were talking to racing-type people, or people who were inclined to have a bet, the picking order was pretty much this. Ellerslie, Gallops, Trenton, Gallops, rah-rah, that's all good fun. And I don't mind the harness at Addington and Alexandra Park. They were the conversations people were having. You know yourself, and many of our listeners who like racing will know, if they're standing in a bar on a Saturday afternoon having a bet, and I'm not saying that everybody goes to bars to bet, please don't think I'm linking the two things together. But so many people's conversations now are based around James McDonald and Chris Waller, and I like this thing at Flemington, and I like this thing at Brisbane tomorrow for the Queensland races. And because our television, television rules the way we view all sports. Anybody who doesn't believe that hasn't watched darts or poker, which didn't exist 20 years ago, and now they're massive. And because we have so much racing pumped into our brains from Australia, and it's a wonderful product, people gravitate toward it. And on a Saturday afternoon now, 
harness races on trackside two, and no one watches it because you don't leave trackside one. And one of the problems with those, when we had a different leadership of the TAB during COVID, they eviscerated their coverage. They just gutted it. And I understand why. They've slowly clawed it back for the gallops. So they had Lee Tennis and Brendan Pop all on track on Sunday afternoons. And, and it's, it's watchable, but there's still nothing compared to, for example, the Bells and Whistles of Melbourne or Brisbane or Sydney. But harness racing has virtually never has presented on track. They might have eight times a year. So people start going, well, I'm not getting as much buzz or narrative or involvement from my harness racing experience, and some of the better presenters aren't used anymore. But yet, when I watch Melbourne, I get racing.com. So it's a more pleasant viewing experience. And you would know yourself, Smithy, you've commentated enough rugby to know that a lot of people love watching the league because they enjoy the commentators and they enjoy Maddie Johnson's show, whereas they don't want to watch Australian rugby because they don't want to hear that rubbish because they don't enjoy the experience. And it's mm. become the problem for racing. Australian racing's become really sexy, and yes, it's a great product, but it's presented well, and people feel fun, and they enjoy it. And watching Australian race, racing makes them feel good. And yet for our own domestic racing, because they, for some bad, no one's ever made sense of this to me, they decided to gut trackside. What you've done is you've made the local racing second tier. We have the racing picking order in New Zealand now is Massive Australian coverage, enormous, deep, long-form coverage of Hong Kong, then Saturday gallops. Midweek gallops are basically irrelevant because we don't have any presenters on track to tell you the narrative, and then harness racing. So we've taken our own product and made it inferior to Hong Kong and Australia. And for the people listening to this show, they don't have any loyalty to anyone code. So we're going to go, if I get to watch Hong Kong, that curtain or I get to watch Sydney with James McDonald, then what do I really care about harness racing at Invercargill and the other channel? That broadcasting is absolutely crucial, and anybody who doesn't understand that in New Zealand Racing Administration clearly doesn't watch Formula One, the drive to survive, as I said, darts and poker, sports that didn't exist to television got them. We have to get our broadcasting model right, and my belief is that Entain will dramatically change the way we view racing in this country. Brilliant. I love that summation, and it's given me optimism. Uh, Mick, uh, enjoy tonight. Uh, we'll catch you. I want to catch you before you go to Ascot um, anyway, and it's a couple of weeks' time. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a blue-ribbon night tonight, so uh, make sure it, uh, it happens beautifully there at headquarters at uh, Alexandra Park. Thanks, uh, thanks for your input this morning. I've really enjoyed it. Hey, thanks, Billy. And by the way, tomorrow morning, um, Louie and I have a really cool guest on, um, on the mail run. At 9 o'clock in the morning, we have a guy called Sam Fairbray. That'll mean nothing to anybody. No one will know who he is. He's the guy who buys horses for Mr. Zhang, who runs Yulong Bloodstock. This week, this week, they spent $26 million and counting on horses. He's a Kiwi. He's going to join us at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning to tell us what it's like to spend $26 million, $26 million on horses in a few days. Sam Fairgrave, part of the mail on tomorrow morning. Show kicks off at 8 o'clock. He'll be on at 9. So what kind of car does he drive? Flash is yours? Uh, look, after the amount of money he spent, he could probably go out and buy a car from the No one would know. They'd just add it to the bill. <laughs> Good on you, Mick. Okay, boy, uh, well, have, a, have a terrific night, and uh, we'll listen in tomorrow morning as well. Thank you, Mick. Thank you, buddy.
Cheers. So, okay, uh, Mick Guerin there with us, uh, obviously. Uh, he and Louis will be to, uh, together tomorrow. And then Louis, of course, uh, before we go to the break, Louis, just uh, remind us of the deal. Yes, the deal from 10 o'clock. So I'll let Mick uh, go and get his morning coffee and uh, break bacon and eggs. I'll stay on for an extra hour and we're going to go through the deal. I, th- I think I'm going to reload on Mr. Kieran McAnulty, actually. The Racing Minister is going to give us some more of his time but just because there's a few more questions that have been raised and I've just got some follow-ups that I know people will be very curious. So uh, hopefully we can chat to Bruce Sharrick and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with uh, the Harness Racing crew as well and the Greyhound Code and maybe even a sport or two as well, but just trying to piece that all together as we speak. Yes, and it's an interesting point about the sport because as a, the standing arrangement at the moment is that a percentage goes back to the sports invested on, correct? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, look, they're actually the big winners here because they didn't actually contribute to setting up the TAB way back when, but they're going to receive $15 million over three years based on their sports percentage of TAB turnover. And I think that's mm-hmm. about 38 national sport organisations that TAB has agreements with. Well, that's free money, really. Um, so why wouldn't you want to be part of that? It's 11.23. Uh, we need to go to the sports desk when we come back. We've got a stump smithy have, uh, to have before uh, about 11.30, 11.35. And uh, I want to uh, read out the texts that have uh, continued to come in this morning as well. So we've still got plenty to cover. The One New Zealand Warriors are taking a North Island road trip. Catch live commentary of their game against the Broncos on Saturday night. Coverage starts at 6. SENZ, it's Kiwi for sport. Call anytime, 0800 Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Some texts that have uh, come through. Thank you very much. Uh, Phil says, be interested to see what harness stakes go up to because they are terrible at the moment, hence why I went into a galloper. Uh, Yeah, interesting. Uh, I think they'll all get a kick. They'll all get a kick, and uh, that'll be great. Um, Ken has said, um, look, uh, the Crusaders have signed an overseas prop for the rest of the season, as well as Reuben O'Neill. Ken's pretty close with his information too, so we'll wait to see if there's an announcement regarding that. Um, Dean uh, from New Plymouth has come in, I think it's New, New Plymouth, and said, don't worry, it won't happen again till it happens again. We've heard it so many times, bloody hopeless, New Zealand ra- racing is a joke. That, of course, is about uh, the abandonment of the meeting yesterday in Hastings here in beautiful weather. Uh, Chris has come in and said, text earlier, had a good point. NZRU have zero respect for Foster and his prep for this World Cup. With the coaching selection plus the co-coach saga, now this professor appointment, it's like the current all-black coach and his, uh, and his team are an afterthought. Hmm, I think there is uh, a bit of merit in that. Uh, looking in from the outside anyway, let's hope it's not the case. Ken has also said, Smithy on Razor asking for Wayne Smith to be involved. He would have been a lot better standing on his own feet with his own staff. So who, has, uh, uh, who is an all-black coach next season? Poor, deci- uh, poor decision by all involved. It's going to be, have to be treated very... Uh, and it'd be interesting because the first time it's ever happened as such, uh, someone in alongside or even over the top of an all-black coach. Uh, Blackburn's coaches have had assistance in the past, of course, 
Wayne Smith went in initially to do that and then ended up being very, very hands-on. Uh, uh, Marcus said, uh, lads, Afato Soalo, Chris Jack and Mertz. Uh, there are his three to come in. In fact, that function will be starting very shortly in Christchurch. We'll get that announcement later this afternoon. Staffy might even have those uh, first three inductees into the Crusaders Hall of Fame. Um, I think that'll be the first of uh, at least uh, three or four franchises doing the same thing. Uh, enjoy the game, says Brendan, uh, and up the mighty Broncos. Hope the boys' uh, team uh, can get it done. I love league and watch most games, but only watch the Warriors when they play the Broncos. So please, uh, so be interested in to watch them. Okay, Brendan, I'll uh, enjoy it on your behalf. Dave says, hey guys, Dave here from Cambridge. Got a tip for you tomorrow at uh, Tepuki. That's Paragon in the two-year-old race. Has really improved uh, of his first start. Was uh, doing his best work late. I think it's a Lindsay horse, actually. Uh, so should love the extra distance and long straight at Pukekohe. Has been working really well. And this is the race they have been waiting for. Right, uh, it's uh, 11.31. Time to uh, solicit some calls, I guess. 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. It's your chance to win uh, the $50 TAB betting voucher for this Friday going into the weekend. Chance to turn it into plenty. Uh, Brian's waiting for your calls. Louis will be uh, the host today, and uh, I shall endeavour to beat you. That's uh, what's coming up shortly. Our in-depth special on the historic agreement between the TAB and Entain on SENZ. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Right, uh, let's get stuck into uh, Stump Smithy for today. The board has uh, been lighting up, uh, fantastic. So uh, Brian's got those sorted out in terms of the order. And uh, Louie, I believe uh, you're in charge of the questions today. So uh, all the very best. Yes, all the very best indeed to the City of Sales for a lovely day for Auckland Cup at Alexandra Park. We go to Hamish. Hey guys, how you going? We're good, Hamish. We're, we're primed. We're ready. What are the subjects, Louis? You can have a crack at football, boxing, or rugby league, Hamish. Uh, rugby league will have to be. Mm. How many teams are currently tied on points at the top of the NRL ladder? Uh, three. One of the worst things... I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Right, okay. Uh, I think it's either six or seven. I'm going to have a punt here at six. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Too easy. Too easy? Not too easy for Hamish. No, well, um, yeah, I probably could. Um, The Sharks, the Rabbitohs. Um, the Broncos might be still floating around there. Uh, Penrith would be up there by now. Um, am I getting warm? You've, you've two got two to, to go. go. Um, oh gosh. Perennials uh, and the newcomers. The Sharks, the Dolphins. The Dolphins aren't there. The Dolphins are there, are they already? Yeah. Perennial and newcomers. One. Um, nah, the last one. Uh, Last one? Bellyache. Ah, Melbourne Storm, of course. Melbourne Storm. That's close, anyway. Right. Rightio. Very, that's that very sorted. good. A little bit of extracurricular. Yeah, thanks for the um, Hamish No, <laughs> Good to you. Let's go down the Waikato Expressway and catch up with Simo in Hamilton. G'day, Sime. How you doing? Yeah, 
Yes, good, Louis. It's very, very foggy here. No, it uh, doesn't happen very often these days. Mm. Don't say like that, it. Simon. I, I was at a golf tournament last Thursday. You couldn't see your, your nose in front of your face till about 11 o'clock. It's always bloody foggy there. Yeah, you brought all that rubbish up with you from the Hawks Bay, Smithy. Is it the cloud that <laughs> hangs over him, do you reckon, Simon? Well, there's some of the guys he was hanging out with. Well, I can understand why. <laughs> Simon, you're a bad Va- man. Rightio, Vapers. let's get into question two. <laughs> right. What team is in last place on the NRL ladder, Simon? Uh, last place in the NRL ladder. Oh, crikey. Is there two together or not? There is two together, but one has... There's an eight points difference between them. Yeah, on the old points differential. Um, I'm going to have a stab. I know it's not the West Tigers, because I heard they got off the bottom of the ladder. So it's going to have to be St. George. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Okay. Simon, well, with your fog in between you and your cell phone, you will not be able to see it. So, one last question. Anthony Griffin, speaking of the Dragons, was the first coach to go this season being sacked from the Dragons after 58 games at the helm. Which team did he first coach in the NRL? Oh, shoot. Um... Oh, was it? Oh, I've got Five, two. I'm thinking either the Broncos. I'm thinking the Broncos or um, Cronulla. Three. Broncos. Just a couple of chips down the wicket. Oh, he got it. Right he in the got slot. It. And away it goes. He got it. And it wasn't that wasn't Cronulla either. It was the Broncos. No. 101, uh, well, 101 games he coached. Broncos. Then he went to the Panthers. And then the Dragons. He got it. He nailed us again. Oh, well, it might be a bit foggy, but not as foggy as it was last Saturday morning after a night. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Well, uh, it's, a, it's only it's only 50 bucks, but, uh, you know, it's for a big-time player like you, it's not much, but you'll probably turn it into plenty, Simon. Have a terrific weekend. Hey, Chiefs, beat the Br- Chiefs beat the Brumbies. Go over there, can they? Oh, uh, well, I'm certainly hoping so. I think they can. Yeah, I am. They, uh, I am. Yeah, I think they yeah. can. Good on you, man. Thanks okay, uh, have a trip. Have a terrific weekend, mate. Uh, appreciate you calling in, and uh, congratulations. So uh, we are 0 for 5 this week between us. Dreadful performance. Dreadful performance. Uh, look to improve next week. A uh, couple of uh, late texts coming in. Morning, guys. Crusaders Hall of Fame. Chris Jack, Wyatt Crockett, Robbie Deans. Chris Jack, Wyatt Crockett, Robbie Deans. Hopefully uh, Norm Berryman gets a posthumous induction at some point I would imagine they'll look at that very carefully um, Kevin has said look uh, Smith I heard your comments on uh, the rugby, how true with the amount of stoppages, you can have a bet and pour a beer and miss nothing, the arm out resetting the scrum, table tennis kicking uh, advantage, that's about 38 minutes worth, they only got to get to 80 and the crowds, what crowds, the NRL is on a winning ticket at the moment fabulous presentation even Newcastle playing the Titans is better than watching uh, the rugby that's being dished up. That's Kevin. Mm, interesting. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will be going to the sports test, of course, courtesy of Polaris. We're all here on SNZ.
The information to make your day on the punt a memorable one. Louis and Nick on the Mail Run Saturdays from 8 on SENZ. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Turn up the volume, we're crossing live to the sports desk. What's fresh? What's making waves? Let's find out. It is uh, 11.45 and yes, let's head uh, to the sports desk uh, courtesy of uh, Polaris of course and uh, Polaris got so many specials coming up uh, towards the field days you just have to uh, get onto their website and check them out. Uh, Some great, great deals Louis. Um, And what have uh, you got on the agenda today? Yeah, $2,500 of free accessories with those uh, Polaris Rangers, those field day specials you mentioned, Smithy. Now, there's plenty going on. Uh, should we get a little bit of a wrap of the first morning of the Colo- at Colonial and the Charles Schwab Challenge, where Harry Hall, the Englishman, leads Harris English, the American? Cool. Very good. Nice spot. There you go. Eight under. Uh, Harry Hall, five under Harris English. Uh, we've got it hanging around that top ten, Ryan Fox on a big tie for seventh with well, what I reckon is about 13-odd golfers, but he's three under, so he is very carefully underway there. Scotty Scheffler is also in that tie for seventh. Sam Burns, just a couple of those very accomplished golfers. Max Homer, who's just starting to tune his way up to his home US Open at the LA Country Club very, very soon. Um, as I go down the field, I'm trying to find your man, Block, Mr. Block, the Block Party. You'll How did it go along? Yeah, you'll have to go a long way. He uh, actually performed like a trained seal on the back nine, and I think you'll find him about nine or ten over. And he, he'll, be going, he'll be mowing his lawns this weekend because he won't be playing golf. Oh, my God. The block bubble has popped. Isn't that funny? I actually saw Smithy. He, uh, he actually might have gone too much with the uh, volume on the whole block situation, because he was quoted saying if he could hit it as stupid long as some of those other guys, he could contend week in, week out. <laughs> he ain't contending this week, I can promise you that. That was a pretty average, uh, he went bunker, he went two in one bunker and then went across to another bunker at one stage. I think he had two, at least two double bogeys and a, maybe even a triple on the back nine. He just blew up and uh, didn't handle it at all well, to be perfectly honest. So... There'll be no block party this week for Michael, put it that way. Uh, I, I don't think there will be, I think you're right. Hey, um, Ken Tex Will Jordan has signed for NZR, will be announced soon. Yes, Ken, I've heard that as well. That'll be good news for the Crusaders and NZR. But I've also heard that Will's head is quite precarious. Um, this situation with Will Jordan's health and this vertigo-y, concussion-y type migraine situation, he's back playing rugby, but he's sitting out this week. He wasn't named. He is resting, which tells me that they are still trying to work this one out, and I think it's a little bit baffling. So that's just a, a little note on Will Jordan there. But I reckon I've found a bet for us, Smithy. And you're the multi-man. You're the, you're the punt man. I would never step on your corner when it comes to sports betting, but I think I have found one. There is a team that is quite clearly the second best of the three teams left in the NBA right now, getting eight and a half points in a closeout game today. Miami Heat, who are going to win this series, fact, 
are getting eight and a half points against the Boston Celtics today, who, up until nicking one game to make it 3-1, people were writing their eulogies. Explain this one to me. Right, I can tell you that, because I, I think that um, that's a fair enough margin today, because they're, they're back at Boston, they're in the TD Garden. Um, I, I think that uh, Miami will, will win the series, you're right, but they'll win it at home. They'll, have, they'll win it at home. I, 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 I do believe that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. And once you get into a situation where you can't win, you quite clearly can't win, sometimes those points mount up very late in that fourth quarter uh, when you're thinking about game six as opposed to game five. So I don't think that's a stupid um, margin, to be perfectly honest. But I wouldn't go against you, Louis. So there you go. Um, the um, other thing we'll be focusing on Monday as part of your Polaris as well uh, is, of course, the Indy 500. Sure. The Indy 500. Now, did you know that um, uh, there are a number of traditions around the Indy 500 when you win? You've got to kiss, bend down and kiss the bricks, but you also drink some milk. You drink from a bottle of milk. Um, and this goes back to 1936 when Louis Mayer enjoyed a glass of buttermilk after winning uh, because his mother had told him it was the best thing to drink on a hot day. He was a dairy industry executive, saw this as a, an opportunity, and drinking milk in the victory lane became an Indianapolis 500. So that's a tradition. That's gone back to 1936. This year, um, I've asked, because of the 33 drivers taking part, organisers need to know their milk preference, though, so they can be prepared no matter who wins. Scott Dixon's already drunk the milk once, looking to drink it uh, again twice. I uh, picked up on a, 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 a bit of information uh, from Stuff this morning that said that Scott Dixon, of all the drivers, of all the drivers in the history of the Indianapolis 500, no one has led on more laps than Scott Dixon, but he's only won once. No one has led more than Scott Dixon, but only one win to show for it. So there you go. That is quite amazing. That is a very good stat, and I guess the only way that we would now be able to finish this segment and, and really end our show today would be just finding out you Stockley I mean are you an almond milk guy are you an oat milk guy are you a soy milk guy I mean I assume you're not drinking that full cream are you no I'm trim I'm trim milk but back in the day uh, with the silver top bottles when they came in glass bottles I loved the top milk we used to fight like hell for the top milk to put on the porridge I loved it the creamy top milk oh, magnificent Right, enough of that. 11.51. Uh, staff looks very poised uh, in the studio, um, ready to take over. Uh, he's got the fists up. He's on the front foot today, so we'll uh, see what's on his show uh, very shortly here on SENZ. There's nothing quite like working with Mick. He's the mailman, and he certainly knows it. The Mail Run, Saturdays from 8am.